0: Jo Joseph Josephine Stevenson, my guest on this edition of the Music Meets podcast with me, Magica, Josephine Stevenson, Franco-British composer, soprano, multi-instrumentalist, an inadvertent ukulele wielding YouTube sensation. Josephine studied music at Cambridge before completing a Master's in Composition at the Royal College of Music. Her work has been performed by the Britain Peers Ensemble, Sinfonia d'Amici, Explore Ensemble, the Maîtrise de Radio France and many more. In 2014, her first opera was staged as part of a collaborative project between the Royal College of Music and Tête à Tête Opera. More about this later. She's also created music for theatre and film projects and regularly works as an arranger and session musician for alternative pop bands. Josephine is an artistic director and resident composer with Listen Pony, a London-based production company which puts on events mixing contemporary classical music with traditional classical music, pop and folk. As a freelance soprano, she's sung with numerous ensembles and at a whole host of concerts and events, including the wonderful non-classical club night. She also has a sideline in folky cover versions of pop tracks, which she performs with her mate Agat, under the name of Agat and Fien. They uploaded these to YouTube, and much to their surprise, they went viral. Last time I checked, their channel had more than a million views. It's true, I've counted them up. Not one by one, but generally, you've passed the million mark. One unexpected benefit of this is that they get invited to perform at weddings in Turkey. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Did you take up the invitation?
1: Unfortunately, it didn't work out with both our timetables. So we had to say, maybe next time. Next time we get married.
0: (laughs) Maybe next time. I don't know how to say that in Turkish, but... (laughs) Um, Let's dive in straight away with your first pick. And you've picked a track by Christine and the Queens, right?
1: Yes, I've picked this track, which is a cover of an old French singer called Yves Simon, and the song is called Amazoniac. T'es cheveux,
2: tes bras qui m'en sert c'est bien là que je me perds. <laughs> Les indiens d'Amazonie au cœur des maladies. Contagions express envoyées par courrier civilisé
0: christine and the queens with amazoniac so before i ask you why you've picked this track i think that we should just kind of frame this a little bit right if you dear listener have not set foot in france over the past year or so then you might not have heard of christine you might have because she's starting to break out like by jumping on stage with madonna etc she is the phenomenon of french pop over the past year or so two years maybe. I had the great pleasure of meeting her just before it all exploded for her. She was playing in a very small venue in Paris called La Loge. Her gig was so simple, it was just her with her Mac, as is her want, singing and and dancing and I was really moved and and connected with her afterwards and shared quite a lot. And I'm really pleased for her the way it's gone because she's original, it's super creative and it has worked commercially. So watch out, she's coming. I have a feeling that she's going to conquer the world. So why did you pick this track in particular?
1: I picked this track because I remember listening to it for the first time and feeling really transported by it. And I think it's a really interesting cover because it takes the song to a really new place Mm -hmm. in the production in the delivery of the lyrics. I should say that the original is very different, it's very 80s, it's got that kind of really regular beat going on, there's a really cheesy saxophone solo at the end, and in a way like she's gone back to the bare bones which is for me the strength of that song is the is the text Mm. it's called amazoniac which is a mix between the word uh, amazonia obviously the forest in south america and insomniac and it's about this man like not being able to sleep and thinking about this woman he loves and comparing her body to like the forest and i think it's just a really beautiful metaphor and getting lost in the forest and etc etc but in a way in his delivery of the song in the 80s version it's quite it just says the lyrics like that and you feel with her version that she's really embraced it and the way that she pronounces every word is Mm. really like she's owning the language and for me, the song works better that way as well, she's reharmonized it completely. Mm. I love how much space she's given to the language. Yeah. And I also like that because it's an early track of hers, I think it's all completely self-produced and you can kind of feel this girl on her own in her room, yeah. kind of with her computer. And because I'm a girl that works on my own a lot of the time doing stuff, I love listening to people who work in the same sort of conditions.
0: Yeah. Christine has a really great way of playing with French anyway when she writes her own lyrics and I think she's picked a really good song to cover because she can do the same with this track even though she didn't write it. There are some similarities to Kemi I think but for me the real similarity is that both of them sing with their whole bodies so it's an incredibly physical experience and also both are very influenced by Michael Jackson so you get this syncopated funky tight manipulation of the language and I don't think French really lends itself to that naturally but both Kemi and Christine kind of force it a bit and it works really well
1: yeah I mean for me apart from Kemi I remember growing up kind of giving up on French music because everyone was trying to recreate a sort of Anglo-Saxon vibe with the French language and it just didn't work yeah and yeah and I think there's like a gap between sort of the late 80s and and today hooray where Mm -hmm. I think I'm suddenly really excited about French and French music again
0: Me too I think there's loads of potential The only thing is I think a lot of Singer songwriters Still don't get it And I think what's missing Is this physical element Yeah 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 I think they think Okay well I like You know Sufjan Stevens Or whoever it is So I'll just do A similar thing in French And it needs so much More work Than that And I really think You need to sing Physically French sung physically As demonstrated By a lot of African artists Is fantastic And it's great And you've got all the sounds It's a very consonant language And rap as well French rap is just amazing for that very reason you get stuck in you mm-hmm. know
1: yeah you just have to embrace it at where it starts you know the language because it's much easier with english because it's a language that's full of stresses mm. and kind of when i'm talking now i can hear it i'm going la, 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 la. whereas in french it's all very monotonous yeah but there's loads of life in the interaction of consonants yeah. and, and, and sounds within that. So it's more about rhythm. Mm.
0: and. Well, the real luxury you have in French is that you don't have a tonic accent. Yeah. So you could sing. It's difficult if you don't speak French. It's difficult to imagine. But in English, you have to say, I want to dance with you. You can't, I want to dance with you. Doesn't really yeah. make sense. Yeah. Or, you know, I see an elephant. No, I see an elephant. Yeah, but yeah. you can go, elephant, 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 ele- ele- elephant, elephant. You can put it wherever you want you can put the emphasis anywhere so that's a great luxury and i think it's one that for example christine really uses to her advantage agreed yeah good choice but christine the queen's look out for her because she's definitely coming your way as i say she's already danced on stage with madonna so she's doing okay let's move on to my first selection talk about stretching french playing with the french language let's just have a listen this is Les <music> 이동,
3: allez donc, allez nous allez nous allez nous allez donc, allez nous soyez pas lignes, taillez
4: Si papa tout ce que là, il y a des là,
3: il y a il y a y a y a y a y a il y a that
0: was Les Double Six Six with Au Bout du Fil, Meet Benny Bailey. Before I tell you what's going on here, I really <laughs> want to get your reaction.
1: Wow, this is crazy. I can't quite say when it's from, but it's just an amazing example of great improviser, vocal improvisers. Because, you know, with people are scared with their voices of doing crazy stuff a lot of the time. And I've seen so many kind of semi-good but not really good scatters. And they're yeah. just like, that girl sang so high. And yeah, just loved it. It sounded a bit like it could be used in an advert for France Telecom. I didn't get all the words, but like, go to, go home to telephone, something yes. like that.
0: Well, I don't know if you'll be more impressed or less impressed when I tell you that I don't think any of that is improvised. I think it's learnt. Right. And I think what they were doing was imitating a solo, like mm-hmm. note for note. Mm-hmm. And then this woman, this genius, Mimi Perrin, mm-hmm. this was her project in the late 60s, and she just thought it was more interesting when you're taking on this kind of music vocally rather than just imitating the sounds like to try and put french words onto it so she wrote these ridiculous texts which actually very often meant something they were telling stories but on top of these unbelievably complicated solos it's really impressive so she's actually
1: saying words right at the top yeah
0: there's a whole story going on
1: wow i missed on that (laughs) But are they so Les Doubles, Are they like A sort of family Or
0: something um, I don't think they're a family They're a group And then a lot of them Then got absorbed Into the Swingle Singers Later okay, So yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. same Kind of band I see. They were also called Les Doubles Six, Interesting fact Because they were One of the first Certainly in France To double track voices mm. So all of them Would sing a part And then they would All sing it again And that's why You get this very Fat vocal sound It sounds like a brass band Which is you know Like a, a horns You know yeah, Swing band sense. Which is what They're trying to To go for yeah, That
1: makes sense, because I occasionally heard, like, suddenly big harmony, six voices or something, and yeah. then but only in few bits, so I...
0: Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So this is so up my street. Not musically particularly, you know, I don't put it on every day, but mm. as an exercise to get this incredibly complicated solo, and it's just so high as well, and then to put words on it. I mean, that must have been the most meticulous work mm. you can imagine. Mm. I had a song on my album, The House of Bones, called Ocean, And I did something similar, I improvised a kind of minimalist riff, which went... Then I learnt it, and then I put lyrics onto it. Memories swirl, the soul submerged, I can't break through, fight the fear as it's filling my lungs, there's no way out. Just sinking, splash, to catch one question, the splash, to scratch the surface, the terror, water, deaf and deaf. Hmm. It took me a whole Eurostar ride to finish that. <laughs> I literally sat down two and a half hours later, looked up and we'd arrived to so say, that's one way to kill a yeah. Eurostar trip. Um, I have this kind of slightly obsessional quality. It's just such fun to do what seems absolutely impossible map words onto something that doesn't really want words
1: also relating to what we said earlier that would be a lot harder in english than it would be in french but it sounds like you've been really careful with where to put the stresses of which words in that which is also quite irregular so well done
0: (laughs) it's true i hadn't thought of it being easier in french than in english but you're quite right because Yeah. yeah it has to be the terror you can't say the terror it yeah, doesn't, exactly. make, doesn't make sense. Well,
1: some people do, but it, I, I, yeah. yeah. Occasionally it can be cool when people deliberately do it wrong, but a lot of the time.
0: The only ones who get away with it are Manic Street Preachers, who did all the time. I mean, that was their thing, really. they just get these poetic lyrics and then put them, and often the tonic yeah. accent was just ignored. But if you're French and you're doing it, it just sounds like you can't speak English.
1: Unless you're Christine and the Queens, and we can forgive her. <laughs> I, I don't think she does it. She does
0: occasionally But that is a choice And she I think she's aware of it Someone must have told her at some point um, So yes French and English uh, This is why I've kind of picked this Obviously Because you are You speak both fluently
4: mm-hmm.
0: I'd like to think I do But uh, I was told the other day That apparently my accent was so good Someone thought I was French And then I spoke more And then I saw their face change <laughs> Like Oh no you're English Yes It's pretty
1: good you're French
0: <laughs> Okay thank you uh, Merci uh, Merci beaucoup Merci beaucoup <laughs> De rien <laughs> okay let's move on to your second selection what have you picked next it's a cello piece right
1: yeah it's a cello piece by a british composer called Lawrence crane and it's called Raymondus rumsus and it's performed here by ollie coates
0: great let's listen performing Raymondos Rumsas, which is?
1: I I just looked it up a while ago because I was curious about the title, didn't know what it meant. And I think it's someone who took drugs and went to prison or something. Okay. Um, It's a person. It's a person. And I think there are a few pieces of Lawrence Grains that are named after people. I'm not sure for particular reasons. When I first saw the name of the piece, I had no idea that it was a person. Mm -hmm. And I just like- Me neither. I just like the sound of
0: it. I, I like that. I like just giving someone's full name. Yeah. Um Kate Bush had a song called Mrs. Bartolozzi. And you know <laughs> who is she? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. It's like
1: giving a name to a child.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um when I write pop music with people, sometimes you come up with an instrumental backing and you need to give it a name. And the latest thing is that one of my collaborators has started just giving them female names. <laughs> Sybil. <laughs> you know. I think that's great. Yvette, you know. <laughs> okay, so tell me a little bit about what's going on in this piece. Okay. And, and well, the you...
1: first thing that you should know. You might have been wondering, how on earth is he playing four-note chords on the cello? This piece is written for a specific curved bow that basically allows the player to play the four strings of the instrument at the same time, which is like a really rich sound. I love how it's like a block of sound throughout, and you can feel how hard it is Mm. for the player to really sustain that
0: for such a long time. Have you tried it yourself?
1: I haven't. I wish I had. I've seen it because I've seen Oli play this live, but um, no, maybe, maybe someday.
0: In time, because Josephine is a cellist, amongst other things, I must say.
1: And yeah, I guess I stumbled upon Lawrence's music at a time when I was studying composition and I was made to analyse these really, really, really complex pieces of 20th century music. And this kind of piece is a real bowl of fresh air. It's so minimal in its material, but I wouldn't associate it necessarily with minimalist music Mm -hmm. because you can tell, I think the detail of the architecture of the piece is so clear and I just think it's really strong. And yeah, one of the main characteristics of his music is that he takes... You know, tonal harmonies, but frees them from any kind of functional role. So mm. it just they just become objective sound in the, in themselves. And I just remember listening to this for the first time and being really transported somewhere else. And in the same way, I guess, with the song, even though they're completely unrelated, but the song I played earlier by Christina and the Queens covering Yves Simon is that it's not really going anywhere, but it's just putting you in that place mm. for four or five minutes, and and you're there and Something's happening and it, yeah, and then you you leave.
0: Yeah, I like that And you become
1: enriched by the experience And I think what is also great about this piece Because you can sort of predict what's going to happen Once you've heard the motive But it's never exactly the same Once you've figured it out, it becomes quite clear But there's basically the the chords are never exactly the same Yeah,
0: and and there are surprises I mean, at one point, you know, the the kind of top part The higher part just stops And then you're just left with the lower parts, the lower strings And then at one point near the end Just for, I think, one or two bars The bass cuts out And that's a really unusual feeling Like, whoop! Mm. The floor has gone out from yeah, what's like and then it comes straight back in again.
1: When you're so used to something being held yeah. when you take something out it's like oh! exactly.
0: Well, that very much is the minimalist mindset, like yeah. minimalism as in the sense of using a small amount of material but yeah. having a, a big impact with it. Although, as you said, I don't think the piece feels minimalist mm. when you when you digest it. I, I've written down here uh, that suspended fourth that is going, I haven't got a perfect pitch And it's it's kind of really annoying, but I think that's the point. And then what then when you talk about the architecture of the the harmonic basis really being deconstructed then what i think of as uh, as a suspended fourth is it's just a note you know it's a note it's just that because i'm taking that bass note as the tonic that for me it's a suspended fourth and therefore it's annoying but maybe this suspended fourth is its own tonic you know
1: (laughs) the interesting thing also is that for this the strings of the instrument are tuned down i think except from the higher string so which gives them more resonance And in a way, you can also, if you focus here, a lot more harmonics within the sound. So when you take out a note, you can kind of still hear it.
0: I I feel like I was hearing some beating as well because it's played like kind of um, with no vibrato. It, it, when certain moments when the harmonics line up you get this thing called beating which I have spoken about previously on the podcast when we listen to a track by Björk with bells where you hear the mm. bells bells always beat together because of the, their harmonics and here it's played so solidly yeah. that you get this it's it's a slightly unpleasant sensation really of going mm. between the two notes and then yeah. their harmonics kind of disagreeing with each other basically yeah,
1: I think it's been captured well in the, in the recording but there's nothing like seeing something like that live yeah a- hits you your body
0: yeah and i will include in the show notes a link to a video uh, of him doing that exact thing and it's really impressive this bow is magical it looks like a kind of alchemist kind of leaning over his cauldron you know <laughs> cooking up his strange sounds it's kind of something ritualistic about it it's yeah. uh, it's really great okay moving on to my second selection i thought i'd just contrast with the piece you've just chosen so it was very evocative it was very powerful but It wasn't making me move my ass. So this is DJ Crust with Burning. Okay, that was DJ Quest with Burning. I've picked this track for one reason and one reason alone. In doing this podcast, I rummaged through my CDs. Remember them? Compact discs. (laughs) I hadn't put one in my computer since buying my computer. Um, But I thought it might be a good idea to, you know, find some interesting music that resided within this compact disc. (laughs) Stuff that I maybe couldn't find or had forgotten about online and I came across this it was on the amazing double CD compilation by Nicolette her DJ Kicks which was super creative I really love what she did on that where she told a little story as all the songs came on so she started once upon a time there was a mountain and then a track comes on (laughs) and a girl who lived by the mountain and then another track comes on and just over the course of two CDs you slowly get the story and at the end she sings the whole story as a story which is really cool right it's nice you know because she was a DJ but also a singer and this track stood out to me. It shocked me a little bit because I realised that I knew that beat by heart. I must have listened to this a lot in my formative years. <laughs> I just knew it like you would know a tune, right? And I thought, okay, this is really fascinating. I've learnt this like you would a melody. And then I started thinking about drum and bass and I realised that that was kind of the point. Mm. That these beats are so rich and complex and carefully composed Mm. that it's like you were going to a gig and the star of the gig was the drummer. There was other stuff happening. There were vocals, there were samples, there was a bit of sitar. But it's so irrelevant. The only thing that's of interest here is that. Beat. What do you? What do you make of it?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because you you do really want to be able to do it, and the funny thing is is that it's it's actually regular. It's an eight but for some reason it sounds really irregular yeah like particularly time,
0: the intro the intro yeah. i think that i think he's playing with you because he, he yeah. starts to sample sometimes not on the first bit of the bar yeah, yeah, yeah. which is very tricksy
1: which is just like Lawrence crane was doing with his chord before um but yeah i guess i wanted it to be like 10 or maybe 11 but mm. just like making 8 sound irregular is like wow pretty cool
0: yes and I think that's the point um, when you're dancing to it I haven't been to a lot of drum and bass clubs but I imagine that it's not like most dance music which is very very simple and you're connecting with a kind of primal beat the booms yeah. booms yeah. there's something funky in that and makes you want to dance but in this it's kind of slightly more cerebral like I think it really makes me want to move but it's like the whole body is moving because you've got the kind of what's called drum and bass that's the point is you've got the drums and the bass and they often work at different speeds Mm -hmm. you have like the kick going you know pretty fast the snare's going the fastest of all and then the kick coming in you know on another level and then the bass you know so it's it's working with different parts of the body
1: yeah all I could do for now is just nod along trying to follow but um yeah who is this dj crust
0: dj crust is just a bit of a german based legend really yeah. I just realised that this music had such a profound impact on me and my sense of rhythm. Mm. The playfulness, actually, which is very important to me in my rhythm, particularly with my beatbox. I listened to this a lot before I started beatboxing. I only started beatboxing, I guess, in my mid-twenties, and this would have been my late teens. So it must have just been sat there, like, waiting for a way out.
1: It's funny also the marriage of that really kind of gritty, down-to-earth stuff that's happening at the bottom, and then the really very synths and the vocals are kind of like "Ah," with loads of reverb it really so it's like you're in the ground but you're like in space at the same time so I guess yeah that's a really interesting combination to again transport you someplace else which is what music's all about isn't it
0: it is, and there's a yet another link with all the tracks we've selected pretty much, maybe not Les Double Six, no. Um, but about just sitting in a world, mm. being invited into it. I mean, this track is like more than seven minutes long and it doesn't really change that much. The intro section, I feel, is quite different from the rest because the beat is different. Yeah. But then when it gets going, it's pretty much always the same thing and then there's more beat and then there's a few samples and there's just beat on its own and it comes back but i mean that's so that you can dj it so you can mix it with other things i don't think you're meant to sit there and listen to it from beginning to end all the way through you can if you want to but again it's encouraging this kind of reflective you know minimalist listening he's done a really good job of a beat that is so engaging that you can get lost in it good job dj quest (laughs) okay let's move on to your final selection and this is a piece that you've composed yourself what well, what are we going to listen to
1: so we're going to listen to an extract of an opera i wrote nearly two years ago and this is a scene that happens towards the end the opera is only about 20 minutes long and this is the love scene of the opera and i'll say more after
0: we listen great let's have a listen to an extract of josephine's opera
3: Which is another way of saying that the speed of more things reduces relative to my heartbeat. And, and, suffice so that the distance increased while the time remained the same. Which is the same as to say, say, that the time decreased while the distance remained the same. And, and, and. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that was an extract from Josephine's opera on false perspective. Tell us about this piece and and this extract in particular.
1: Yeah, um so the opera is an adaptation of the satire on false perspective by William Hogarth, which he drew for a friend who wrote this book about how to draw perspective properly. And it was used as the frontispiece of the book. Google it by the way, because it is beautiful. There's all these things happening on different levels and Things that are completely impossible in real life. All the perspectives are wrong, there's a woman at the top of a tower who's lighting the pipe to a man who's standing atop a mountain that looks like it's far beyond but yet they're meeting. So like all these beautiful things which are completely impossible and yet they have some kind of truth that ring about them. So I wrote this with a friend called Ben Osborne who wrote the text and we decided to set ours in a more modern setting. It happens in a cafe. There are five characters, and they're defined by what they do, what they've been doing. There's the barrister, there's a woman called the raver, who tells about her clubbing night the night before. Maybe
0: with DJ (laughs) Quest.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And there's these two characters, who are the reader, the girl... And the mathematician, who's the guy who's actually a countertenor.
0: Okay, so I, yeah, I hadn't quite listened one of them's a man. <laughs> carefully enough. So one of the things you just heard is actually a man singing very high. That's what a countertenor is.
1: <laughs> Basically, what's going on is that the mathematician is saying like, "Oh, I realise that when I see you, my heartbeat is getting faster. But actually, that my heartbeat is getting faster, or is it that the rest of the world is slowing down?" And then he starts saying, "Oh, so if I use speed equals distance over time, am I going to be able to get closer to you?" He's like completely autistic, really shy and he's
0: I know some people like that
1: (laughs) (laughs) and so he goes on to this really kind of brainy mental description of his love for her and trying to reach her whereas she on the other end she's completely nerdy bookish girl and she quotes C.S. Eliot and stuff and she's thinking oh I've seen him before but was it in the past or maybe it's in the future I can't tell the difference and so she's more about time and he's more about space and they're not talking to, to each other but their mm. words kind of interlock. and on stage it was really beautiful because at the end of the scene the tables of the cafe flew up Wow, rose up and so they ended up much closer without being separated by these tables.
0: Okay, cool. And so this, you can also see online, right? It's on YouTube.
1: Yes, you can find it online easily.
0: Great, so I'll include a link in the show notes Mm. so you can click through and have a look. I think it's a really good idea to do that because it is a piece that's written to be performed and it's written to be seen. As you say, the cast are wearing modern outfits. That helped me in. And I confess, I need a bit of help because opera is not really my thing. I want to understand what's going on. I find myself latching onto the instrumentation, actually, because I find that easier to understand. Uh, I just wanted to have a quick chat about operatic singing, because I think one of the disconnects for me is that I feel like they're singing in, in an artificial way, it's this traditional operatic way. I was just wondering the other day if that's because people used to speak more like that. I wonder, you know, if you you imagine somebody quite old-fashioned and they might speak like this in a very resonant (laughs) way and it's not so far. And then I think of Adele and I think of hello from the other side. Hello from the other side. Like it just kind of sits on her vocal cords. You're a soprano, so what's your take on it? I
1: think there's definitely something to be said, especially for women, that apparently they used to speak much higher and now it's become fashionable to speak low and husky and you know especially american people they speak like this but a lot of i mean classical singers would say you're wrong and this is the most natural way for them Mm. to sing because there's something once you reach that level of technique that is just really free and natural and for them it's mastering that really specific thing that you can get when you're singing with that technique of like what we call this singing formant formant I don't know what it's called in English where you know a voice is able to cut across an orchestra without a mic
0: well that's exactly what I was going to say the difference between Adele and opera singers is that Adele has a microphone and Adele could not fill a theatre without her microphone but that's the point is that she can get right hello you know right up into the mic I just wonder if that's not one thing that also disconnects me a little bit, Mm. is that they are singing in a theatre and it must be really impressive to see, but I'm kind of thinking, yeah, but we have microphones now. (laughs) Do you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I do. And I I just think today, especially with the way that we speak and the way that we listen Mm. and we make music, There's something that feels more natural and closer to everybody in,
0: generally speaking, pop singing. What I do like about your opera is that you can hear the words. If you listen carefully, you can actually hear what's Mm. being sung. I think what gets really difficult is when, you know, you actually cannot even hear what's been sung and you need to bury your head in your concert programme notes in order to try and follow what's been said.
1: Well, I think when I think about opera, it's true that it can be really alienating, especially when the setting of the language becomes really far from the way we speak it. Mm. So I'm I'm quite keen to stay close, at least rhythmically, yeah. to you know the spoken language. And there's loads of passages where the rhythm isn't actually spelt out. I just write the words and mm. there's like a reciting note. So they, they sing on one note for a while. The orchestra is kind of holding yeah. and really cued by certain words so that they can take the time as they would in real life Mm. to say and like as they would in theater where the beauty of theater compared to opera is that it's not restricted by the timing of the music Mm. so an actor can choose to leave three seconds of silence between saying two words and so that's what i was trying to get closer to i
0: I think it's successful and i think if you watch the video like if you were in the audience i think it's much much easier to get into because you just see and hear people communicating with you really so it's, I'm not picking on you. <laughs> my issue is my own with opera. And I, I'm, the more I'm discovering, you know, I've, I've got various friends who compose in this register and I'm learning and I'm getting into it. Um, so good for you. Keep going.
4: Ooh, thanks.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Final choice on the podcast. It's mine. It's a track that I've worked on. This is a track from Zaza Fournier and the song is called Hotel des Acacias.
2: C'est décidé de Je change de boulot et je change de vie Je rends le complet, la casquette Je claque la porte et je m'enfuis Je vais courir longtemps et vite Pour laisser loin derrière moi Les couloirs et les chambres vides De l'hôtel des Acacias Couper la lumière du néon la ligne à la réception Faire des trous dans la moquette Écraser dans leur lit ma cigarette Ça j'en ai porté des valises Et j'en ai tenu des portes Aux jeunes blondes, aux vieilles grises Mais aujourd'hui peu importe Aujourd'hui tout est possible Je pars Aujourd'hui tout est facile Je change le paysage Et je vois déjà le poteau vert Dans le soleil brûlant Et je vois déjà les épis or Balayés par le vent Je laisse encore aller mes yeux Sur le bar en Formica, sur le canapé miteux de l'hôtel des Acacias, la même chanson depuis des mois dans le vieux Transistor et l'odeur de café froid. Mon estomac qui se tord, je traîne les pieds autour de la piscine. Ça sent le chlore et le parfum mouillé La comme dans un magazine Une fille pose fait semblant de nager Sa j'en ai plus des whisky glaces Dans le noir quand les clients se prélassent Au fond des draps douteux Du vieil hôtel malheureux Mais aujourd'hui tout est possible Je parle Je change le paysage Et je vois déjà le coteau vert Dans le soleil brûlant Et je vois déjà les épis balayés par le vent Aujourd'hui tout est possible Je pars en voyage Aujourd'hui tout est facile, je change le paysage Et je vois déjà le coton dans le soleil brûlant Et je vois déjà les épis, or oh, balayés par le vent
0: Okay, that was Zaza Fournier with Hôtel des Acacias. I have to pronounce that correctly because I'm on tour with her and I produced her album. So that's. Interestingly, that was a track that almost didn't make the album. Well, I should say it was not planned to be on the album. It was planned as a kind of bonus track or, you know, a little extra thing that might or might not make it because we were just going to do it with piano. The idea was that it would just be a piano track. Then I thought, oh, I'll just hit a few things. I hit a few doors, wiggled a few door handles, this kind of thing. And we ended up loving it, and it became probably one of our favourite tracks on the album, and a very important part of our stage show. As you might have gathered, it's only piano. The only instrument there is a piano, but multi-tracked. I've used every inch of the piano that you possibly can. There's kind of tremolo effect up high, and <laughs> playing a kind of counter melody, and all of that. So it's really fun to get like stuck in. piano. Yeah playing around the tritone as well da, 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 this kind of thing you're a bit french what do you make of it
1: it's so french <laughs> not only in the text but also yeah the, the vibe
0: yeah so i think of Zazou and i think of her as like a singer chanson realiste Mm. you know what i mean it's what that means really it's kind of the tradition of piaf it's like yeah. the melodies are very simple and the text is really telling a little story but in a very straightforward way and then when you're in the story you can use that as an al- analogy you know to you know, she's singing about being in a kind of spooky hotel and deciding that it's time to to leave the album is called le départ so all the songs really are about some kind of departure or something and also with the piano, it feels quite kind of cabaret and old school and all of that. But yeah. I'm hoping that because we've got, you know, the little bit of kind of odd door percussion going on and all the playing with the piano and the kind of Bulgarian-influenced choirs yeah. in the background. I love
1: also when the, the bass drum comes in on every beat, that really...
0: You'd, uh, you know, of course, it's not a bass drum, it is me oh. banging on my door, but I get to your point.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean, the.
0: the... The kick, exactly.
1: People can't see me doing the inverted commas now. Entre guillemets, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, because you've got that... Boom, boom, doo, Pooh, pooh, feeling and yeah. then it's going pooh, pooh, pooh. and you can really feel it's like urging her to leave
0: yeah I like the way it was kind of an accident how that ended up kind of fading in in a really odd place like halfway through the second <laughs> verse and that's one of those accidents that you go oh uh, ooh, that sounds quite <laughs> nice we'll just leave that you would never do that the normally yeah yeah. yeah
1: yeah. those are the best accidents
0: like a session accident <laughs> oops dropped it in the wrong place and it's staying there mm. uh, what do you feel about this about the lyrics and everything in, uh, the song
1: I mean, I didn't overanalyze them, but I think there seemed to be clarity in the repetition of words and uh, rhyme and stuff as well.
0: I think Sasa has a very simple straightforward way of writing yeah. that is not to everybody's taste but I think when you get into it particularly when you see her on stage it's like it's really nice to have this kind of just getting straight to the point you know I think some young writers in, in France tie themselves up there are a lot, lot of wordplay jeu de mots you yeah, know no, puns this is very, it's
1: very conversational that's what's nice about it it's not trying to be overly poetic but yet it is really poetic in its description of I can't remember what she says Le, le tapis miteux. Yeah. Like she says the word me on i just said that's great
0: (laughs) which translates as
1: Uh, like full of mites yeah like uh... the
0: mite filled rug
1: literally (laughs) but it also means just like disgusting disgusting yeah yeah Uh, yeah, I like finding the um, poetry in everyday
0: words I I think you've probably summed up pretty much her approach to to writing
1: and even to some extent in the music as well you know the fairly simple structure and harmony and stuff but yet it's timeless and it will always work
0: hmm well, thanks. I'll take that. Uh, I think there is something there that when you uh, use objects as your percussion instruments, first of all, yes, it doesn't get dated because you haven't got a big, you know, snare drum going, you know, like we are in the eighties, and also it. I think it gives more space for you to actually understand what's going on. Mm. There are objects, you can hear the door handle if you just listen, you can hear a door handle being twisted. If we'd added a drum kit on there, which we totally could have, yeah. then all of that would have been not lost, but it just the attention would have been, been taken yeah. away from it a little bit.
1: No, it's nice to feel that it's all you know handmade and, and the humanity in that is right mm-hmm. you can really associate with it and um, that's not really english but <laughs> you know what i mean
0: <laughs> we're, we're heading into franglais here but this is uh, this was always going to happen okay just before we close off the podcast what are you up to right now
1: right now uh i'm about to sing some really difficult music a piece by a composer called apergis
0: randomly i've done some apergis have
1: you which what
0: i can't remember it was one of the recitations uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was for juice vocal ensembles 10th anniversary at king's place and they asked me to do one of the pieces it was very challenging i kind of winged it but everyone enjoyed it it was like like this for like five minutes you
1: would be good at that i bet this piece
0: it wasn't very faithful but it was very entertaining i
1: think that's the there's a point where it's like physically impossible to be exactly precise but i think that's also what he's getting at Um, okay well
0: that's a big (laughs) winning
1: thing that on wednesday at the rcm where i used to study and i also have a little duo for flute and violin that's being performed in the same concert and then just in general this year i'm working with a french theatre company so i'm going back a lot to my home country on a similar sort of opera but because they're a theatre company we're working devising it and it's going to end up being a piece of musical theatre where i'm going to be playing electric guitar (laughs)
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: because it's my dream <laughs> uh, to play electric guitar in one of my own classical in fact it covers, compositions and final thing also in France I'm writing a little piece for the French Radio Children's Choir La Maitrise de Radio France so yeah lots of things going on
0: fantastic great well we'll keep our ears nos oreilles open and ready for that if you'd like to get in touch please do you can follow me on twitter at magica or send me an email podcast at magica.com and you can check out online all the show notes all the links all the videos we've been speaking about magica.com forward slash podcast right we always end with a vocal impro i think the theme we've had on this podcast has been minimal beauty minimal beauty as is so often the case. So something simple. I think I should get like a kind of DJ crust, repetitious drum and bass beat going. And I think you should do something operatic.
1: Operatic? No, I think I'm gonna do some very still non-vib solo notes. Okay,
0: perfect. Let's go. boom, <laughs> boom. Nice.
1: It was quite Zazer Fournier in the end. I think that's (laughs) just the last thing we listened to.
0: (laughs) Why not? Why not? Bravo.
1: Merci.